May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Justin Welby, who's the the brand new Archbishop of Canterbury, he has several croziers, the staffs, and one of them is quite amusing. On the end, where it curls down, there's a small little ferrety-looking animal, um, and it has a, a story behind it. He was Before he was bishop, when he was a dean, he was reading a passage from Leviticus about the uh, dietary rules in the King James Version. He read this, uh, about it's, uh, and, he, and he started having a laughing fit in the middle of the, the passage. And I'll get to the explanation about the, the crook later. These shall ye not eat of them that chew the cud, or of them that divide the hoof. The coney, because he cheweth the cud, but divideth not the hoof, he is unclean to you. And for some reason, when he heard the name of the animal coney, he just had a laughing fit and, and was started tearing up, and everybody in the congregation was laughing. And when he became a bishop, they gifted him with this, uh, this staff with the coney, uh, which in a modern translation of the Bible is a rock badger or a rock hyrax. Um, and so this, uh, this laughing fit that he had and the, the uh, crozier, are, they signify his sort of deprecating humor and humility. So it's a, it's a good thing for him to often carry the staff. And the rock badger makes appearances elsewhere only a few times in the scripture. One of them is in the Psalms, and this is what it says. The high mountains are for wild goats... The rocks are a refuge for the rock badgers. And I bring this up today because there's a connection between rock badgers and our passage from Exodus. Like the rock badger, Moses takes refuge in a cleft rock. Now, this, the, let me give you the context of this passage. Remember the story of Exodus that the Israelites flee Egypt with God's assistance, with the plagues, the parting of the Red Sea. Um, They're in the desert, and he helps them out with some water and food, uh, even though they were grumbling. Um, When they're at battle, God provides them military assistance. And finally, then he gives them his covenant of law. And shortly after giving them the laws, the Israelites break the law with the golden calf incident. Um, They're not to make idols or any graven image in his likeness, and yet they create this golden calf. And afterwards, God is rightly upset. Uh, And he says to Moses, who's representing the people of Israel, I will not go up among you, lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. So what he's saying is, my presence will not be with you now when you go into the promised land. And so Moses, because he hears this, intercedes in the tent of meeting on behalf of the Israelites and says, God, you must go with us into the promised land. Uh, If you do not, we will not be saved. First of all, um, we need your presence for, for safety and provision. But also, if you don't go with us, the covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the exodus from Egypt, we're all for naught. We are still your people. And God changes his mind and says, okay, I will go with you into the promised land after all. 
And after this, Moses, for some reason, is emboldened to ask God to see his glory, to see God's glory. And God says, you cannot see my glory. If you do, you will die. No mere mortal can stand in the presence of a holy God and survive. Um, He says, you can see my goodness, I'll let you see that, but you may not see my glory. So what I will do is you will stand on a rock and there is a cleft in the rock and I will put you in that rock and cover it with my hand and when my glory passes by you will not disintegrate and I will remove my hand and you can see my goodness so that's the the story of the cleft rock and there's a long tradition in the Bible uh, beyond Exodus uh, especially in the Old Testament but also in the New Testament of referring to God as a rock And we see elsewhere in Exodus that uh, God's presence is in another rock that's struck and water comes out for provision. And here, this cleft rock. And later in Numbers, again, the rock is struck and provides waters. Um, And then David often, for example, refers to God as his rock, both in 1 and 2 Samuel and most especially in the Psalter. David often calls God his rock of salvation. Refuge, a stronghold, and a rock of shelter. And listen to this line from Isaiah. Enter into the rock and hide from the terror of the Lord. All very similar to this time when Moses was in the rock and hid from the terror of the Lord. I've been listening uh, to a new uh, indie country rock and roll band called Shovels and Rope, R-O-P-E, and they have this song called Birmingham, and when I was moving here, uh, I listened to that to get excited, and also Sweet Home Alabama, Uh, and the line in the song is 500 miles, and they say, from Birmingham, Birmingham, Um, but there's, in the song, they repeat a couple times, um, this line, Rock of Ages, cleave for me, let me hide myself in thee. And when I heard it the first several times, I thought, golly, that's, that's the gospel. And I didn't make the connection, I don't know why, that that is an ancient hymn. Um, the one that we just sang, they're referencing it, and it's just sort of out of context. But um, Rock of Ages, the hymn that we just sung, makes a very strong connection between all that I've said and Jesus Christ. Let me just reread some of the words from this hymn for you. Rock of ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flowed be of sin the double cure. Save me from wrath and make me pure. Not the labors of my hands can fulfill thy law's demands. Could my zeal no respite know, could my tears forever flow, all for sin could not atone. Thou must save, and thou alone. And then skipping ahead to the very end. When I soar to worlds unknown, see thee on thy judgment throne. Rock of ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself and thee. So the obvious connection here and also in the Birmingham song is that Jesus Christ is the rock of ages. And salvation comes to lawbreakers who hide themselves in Christ, just as Moses hid so long ago. 
Jesus is the chief cornerstone who is cleft or pierced for us. So consider again the rock badger. The rock badger makes a final appearance in Scripture in Proverbs, when the author of Proverbs refers to four wise animals. And this is what he says about the rock badger. Four things on earth are small, but they are exceedingly wise. The rock badgers are a people not mighty, yet they make their homes in the cliffs. So I say to you this morning, blessed are the rock badgers. Um, The unclean animal who is wise to find safety in the rock. So Justin Welby's crozier is a great reminder of the gospel message after all. When you see him again, and maybe he's holding that staff, just think of that. That the rock badger, like Moses, hides uh, from God's wrath in a rock. Well, this morning, maybe today or in your past, uh, do you have any guilt? Something weighing on you? Maybe it's weighed on you all your life. Um, Where you have sinned, broken the law, um, and are embarrassed to be in God's presence because of it. So much so that you want to hide. You want to hide that thing, or maybe yourself. Like Jonah, maybe you want to hide from God. But notice the action in today's passage from Exodus, that God put Moses in that cave. Uh, Moses, not like the little rock badger who, who climbs in by himself, but God actually put Moses in this safe cleft rock. So thankfully, when God looks upon us, he doesn't see lawbreakers, but Christ, the rock of ages, who is cleft for us. Amen.